What's up, dudes? It's a Vigorous Q&A again. It's already Saturday. We have a bottle of questions that were asked in the YouTube membership section, so uh, might as well get started, shall we? First one is from Zula. I just became a member, so welcome to the Vigorous Crew. Thank you for your support. Hope to see your questions pop in sooner than later. Next question is from Zane. Could I theoretically run a low-dose Proviron forever? I'll feel good on it, but when I come off, my libido is always very low. Um, well, it sounds that you have a problem with your sex hormone binding globulin levels. That's the only real practical application of Proviron to bring your SHBG levels down and thus freeing up more testosterone, which uh, is a side effect of that. You might increase your libido. So in your case, um, it could be two reasons. One, that your SHBG is chronically high. We're not entirely sure what you're doing alongside of your Proviron. If you're doing Proviron solo and just running uh, that alone and not else no testosterone based on nothing then um maybe natural your shbg is high but then i would limit it to 6.25 milligrams per fire and maybe once or twice per day that seems to be a favorable dose for drug-free athletes where their shbg is lowered but their uh, hypothalamic pituitary testis axis is not impaired so if i were you i would do some blood work see what's going on internally and and of course keep track of the dose because i don't think you can run proviron indefinitely you can run exogenous testosterone indefinitely albeit that the dose slowly has to come down like i mentioned in the best dose of testosterone video uh but proviron it's a um, synthetic steroid and and since it really affects your lipids and can crush your shbg levels to the point you have zero libido um yeah i, I would uh proceed with caution. The funny thing is that exogenous testosterone is also known to lower your SHBG levels, and that might be a more sustainable solution than just using Proviron. But if your uh, testosterone levels are kind of high and your SHBG levels are also kind of high, then again, Proviron might be one of those methods to kind of get it down and optimize your libido. So indefinitely, no. Um, but again, the dose is the poison. So if you can get away with 6.25 milligrams Proviron and you don't want to pin, um, then this might be an alternative. All right. This question is from Jay Hodge. He asks, 100 milligrams testosterone NFA twice per week, so that's 200 milligrams testosterone NFA over the week. I get a total testosterone of 25.06 nanograms per milliliter. That's 2,506 nanograms per deciliter for the uninitiated. Free testosterone 3.2 nanomoles per liter, so that's uh, a bit out of the reference range. Estradiol 14.7 picograms per milliliter. Uh, that's pretty damn low for the amount of testosterone that you're taking. So you're either shredded uh, or you're taking uh, things that you didn't mention here, right? Aromatized inhibitor, zinc, nicotine, cotinine, anabasine, whatever else. SSBG 26.1 nanomoles per milliliter. That's not alarmingly low. That's actually quite favorable, I would say. Um, and prolactin is 7 uh, nanograms per milliliter. How can I get estradiol, SSBG, and prolactin up? Okay, so I don't think prolactin is a problem here. I don't think that SSBG is a problem here. Uh, I think that only estradiol is, uh, you know, low for favorable libido. Ultimately, if estradiol comes up, SHBG will come up. Um, but it could also mean that prolactin might come up slightly. So what can you do? Um, first, I would recommend you to watch the steroidogenesis inhibitor video. Let me link that down below. Because besides uh, traditionally used aromatized inhibitors... Right, uh, Arimidex, Aromacin, etc. Uh, there's also a boatload of uh, phytonutrients and other chemicals which can inhibit aromatized enzyme activity or even downregulate um, aromatized enzyme expression, like a decarboinositol, for example. So let me link steroidogenesis uh, inhibitors. 
I'm gonna link that link that down below. One second. All right, so it's the top one. Give the one a watch and then skip ahead to the estrogen metabolism or somewhere along the timestamps. There should be something about aromatized inhibitors or estrogen management. So um, skip ahead there and see if there's anything on that list that you might be taking that could um, reduce the aromatization of testosterone into estradiol. And if that's not the case, uh, you might want to watch the Lazy Man's TRT protocol video. Lazy Man's TRT protocol video. Where is that lazy man? Oh, that's me. <laughs> that's me in a robe looking like the big Lebowski. All right, second one from the top. Where are we? All right, here we are. Okay, second one from the top. So basically you inject um, your TRT once per week in an attempt to have a good amount of that um, aromatized into estradiol because it seems that you are a poor aromatizer on this protocol and the only thing you can really do first is to do once per week administrations and if that doesn't work um, and you already removed all the potential aromatized inhibitors right you're not taking any of that uh, you can get fatter but that's obviously not really what we're after here to uh, improve our physical appearance well, a second thing you can do is upping the dose 250 milligrams of testosterone in a single shot some people need that some people just don't aromatize enough and uh, of course is your, if your testosterone is 2,500 nanograms per deciliter or maybe even 3,000 nanograms per deciliter, um, you want a good amount of that to convert it to estradiol. If you're super physiological in your total testosterone, you also need to be close to the reference range or slightly super physiological on your serum estradiol levels. Um, if that still doesn't work, I would look into esterone. Check your esterone and estriol um, levels. So check all three estrogens in the body, esterone, estradiol, and estriol, and then see if there's some sort of a metabolism issue there because estradiol can convert into esterone and vice versa. Um, but I also explained that into the stereogenesis inhibitor video. So there's other inhibitors which might, um, you know, promote the conversion into estrone or estradiol and inhibit that, right? So watch that video. It'll make a lot more sense, but it's a step-by-step -step approach. The first thing I would start doing is pinning once per week. All right, next one. Filippo's uh, Jim asks, hey, Steve, what about Turkish pharmacies? Can you buy original genotropin there? Can you run the risk of buying fakes? Um, I'm not entirely sure. <laughs> I'm not entirely sure if fakes are being sold. I would assume not uh, because, of course, if a Turkish pharmacy has a pharmacy license, they shouldn't be selling a counterfeit genotropin, which is a ph pharmaceutical product. If that happens in Thailand, the pharmacy would be rated and closed. Now, if the pharmacy sells underground lab steroids, obviously they would be rated and closed as well. So some of the commonly known steroid pharmacies here in Thailand, they don't keep any underground labs um, in the pharmacy anymore, but they sell it from the back. So if you go to Turkey and you want to buy some genotropin and they say, uh, we don't have it in the pharmacy, we'll have to ship that to your hotel, uh, that might be a red flag. Right, then otherwise you buy one pen, you use the Turkish pharmacy app. Not entirely sure. I think I have it on my website somewhere. Uh, let me link that from the article of uh, carrier oils. There's that C-reactive protein. Scrolling. Mm -mm -mm. Where are we? All right. Downloads. 
the Turkish pharmacy app. Okay, linked down below. I think it's only uh, on Google apps, so only on Android, not on iPhone. But I, I didn't check the iPhone store. <laughs> so it might be there as well. It's linked down below. Um, buy one pet of Genotropin and then check the packaging. If the QR code checks out, it's uh, very likely that it's a pharmaceutical grade. Or the QR code is copied from real pharmaceutical um, you know, supply chain Genotropin onto the counterfeit Genotropin that you just scanned. Because it seems that you can rescan those Turkish pharmacy app QR codes over and over and over again. So... Um, I know, ask around, ask around in the gyms, you know, you go to one of the big bodybuilder gyms there, that's usually what I do, if you go to another country, you ask around in the gyms, ask for reliable and relatable sources, and then uh, see if they can help you uh, get hooked up, All right, bodybuilders are the best trip advisors, I would say, let's see, uh, E, Elker, well, whatever, uh, ask what are your thought on hard 50 milligrams of testosterone under can weight once per week, um, yeah, that could work well, you do that in one shot, right? I mean, it's not a super high dose of exhaustion of testosterone where you have to worry about high estradiol levels unless you're morbidly obese or you're a high aromatizer. You're taking all kinds of phytoestrogens, right, which promote the conversion of testosterone into estradiol. So uh, assuming you're healthy and you have a good physical appearance, I'm not against that. Um, go for it, I would say. Again, watch the second video from down below about the lazy man's TRT protocol. Let's see. He also asked how much oxbound tutka to take on a ketogenic diet. Is there a dosage limit? Any side effects? How to aid in digestion uh, other than them? What do you think about exogenous ketones? Exogenous ketones are bullshit. They don't bring you into ketosis any faster. You need to produce ketones within your liver from the, um, the body fat that you're liberating on a ketogenic diet or the fat that is coming from your uh, diet, obviously. Um, and, and taking ketones might help with cognition acutely, but it doesn't mean that you're now in, suddenly in a state of ketosis and you're burning fat. You're literally burning the ketones that you just ate and inhibiting the burning of fat and ketones, which you just uh, produced in the liver. So um, that being said, ox bile, in many cases, is not needed. If you have a fully functioning gallbladder, you produce enough bile acid to break down all of the fats that you eat on a ketogenic diet. But you can start supplementing with maybe 1,000 milligrams or 1,500 milligrams ox bile with meals and see how that helps with digestion, right? It really depends on how much fat you're eating. And some people who have an inflamed gallbladder or an impaired gallbladder or they had their gallbladder removed because they have cysts or gallbladder stones or whatever, uh, they need significantly more oxbow and tatka to help with, uh, you know, intestinal motility and the breakdown of fats. And with the tatka, I don't think it's required on a ketogenic diet unless you take a boatload of oral steroids, or you train super hard, you want to de de detoxify. So the tatka dose can be anywhere between 250 milligrams up to 1,000 milligrams per day. Right. Um, so again, you have to kind of see uh, what you actually need in this protocol and how healthy you are, because it, I'm on a ketogenic diet and I take neither of those <laughs> or neither of these. Right. I don't take any oxbal. I don't take any tatka. I don't take any ketones. And uh, my my liver enzymes, as you saw in my previous blood work, are fine. And my dig digestion absolutely flawless. Super super good. All right, the last question from this guy is, can I inject testosterone under canoate from a grade subcutaneously? Dr. Robert Stevens from the UK says, under canoate is not appropriate for sub-Q because of the high... Uh, oh, man, so many questions backed up already. 
because of the high benzyl benzoate or benzyl uh, alcohol content. Okay, so Bayer uh, testosterone undecanoate, Nibido doesn't have any benzyl alcohol, only benzyl benzoate. And I think it was 30, 30%, 33%, 35%. That's pretty high. Some people might get an adverse reaction to that, but from all of the people that I've talked to and from my own personal experience, if I inject Nibido subcutaneously, uh, which I've done maybe twice in my life for traveling purposes, um, I don't get any post-injection pain or redness or, or, or issues or whatever. Um, of course, you want the benzoate benzo to disperse um, and, and be absorbed and metabolized into benzo alcohol. That's the normal pathway of uh, metabolism of benzoate. Benzo um, I'm not against it. I mean, give it a try. If you're, if you're going to take 150 milligrams testosterone and decanoate per week in a single shot, that is what, uh, two, four, six, 0 0.6 milliliters nebido per injection. Give it a try, sub-Q. I don't, I don't think you're going to have an adverse effect. Right? If anything, serum blood levels will be even more stable. All right, Thomas asks, uh, did you eat a lot of quark <laughs> when bodybuilding in the Netherlands? Hell yes. When I was in the Netherlands, I ate quark every single day before bed, uh, besides maybe Saturday or Sunday where I would go out with either friends or go out to dinner or eat a family meal. A quark for the uninitiated is a cottage cheese, which is unique to, I think, some parts of Europe. Maybe Denmark has it, maybe Germany has it, but Holland definitely has it. Um, and it's basically cottage cheese with... Um, that's not very sweet. It has 50 grams of protein, mostly casein protein, and about 10 grams of carbs per half kilo. So I would take uh, a 50 cents uh, box of quark, thick, heavy, half a kilo, mix in a scoop of XXL Nutrition a whey protein, vanilla flavor. We're talking about, um, I was maybe 16 years old. So that's 1999. <laughs> <laughs> Eat quark like it's 1999. Uh, mix in a scoop of XXL Nutrition Vanilla Whey Protein. And then a, a whole tablespoon of uh, honey. Yeah, good times, post-workout, right? So you have some simple sugars from the quark in the form of lactose, uh, but a lot of simple sugars from the honey and a little bit of simple sugars from the whey. But it's post-workout. And uh, since the, you know, the quark digests rather slowly, you have a slow digesting protein in the form of casein protein and a fast digesting protein in the form of whey protein. And then, uh, you know, a bottle of sugar to initiate that post-exercise uh, anabolic window, uh, which is what we heavily believed in at that time. Aaron Grid, Steve, how are you, man? Uh, I'm doing a lot better. Yeah, I made some adjustments to my supplementation protocol. The Betador HMB uh, arrived, so I started supplementing with that. Uh, I still trained the same, but I increased uh, food intake, so now my weight shot up from 92 kilos to 96 by adding in one meal. But at least I'm strong and full. So we're, uh, we're right back on track to doing a lot better than before. Yeah, it could always be better, but I probably need a little bit of uh, TRT for that. Um, oh, let me scroll down to uh, some super chats, guys, so you don't feel left out. And then we'll scroll right back up to, uh, oh, here we go. Or scroll back, right back up to the member questions. In light of Mark Bell's channel being removed, what are your backup plans? I knew this question was going to come up. Uh, what other platforms might I use? So luckily, I have all my videos and all the timestamps and all the all the text from YouTube. I all have that backed up, and I've been doing that since the beginning. I had on two separate hard disks. I have one in my uh, closet in my bedroom and one in the closet close to my uh, office downstairs. So two separate drawers in case fire breaks out. Um, Rumble doesn't work. Everybody says go to Rumble, go to Rumble, go to Rumble. But Rumble is uh, poorly monetizable. 
Uh, Twitter is poorly monetizable. Facebook is poorly monetizable. So what I might do is just put everything on Vimeo and make that a membership website and then still use YouTube. Again, if I lose my channel, right? I would just do vanilla content purely uh, you know what is accepted by the algorithm and then uh, refer people for the hardcore content to a membership website i mean that that will be the only solution to do it right uh, what the conversion rate would be i'm not entirely sure um but then i really have to focus on building my brand with uh, vanilla bullshit yeah it will be vanilla steve <laughs> that youtube channel um yeah so and then i might post that vanilla content on on x and facebook and rumble and wherever else right i mean hiring some more staff but honestly guys i think in two years the cryptocurrency market is going to be very very good for me and uh i don't uh expect to continue at this fucking pace by that time so if my channel gets removed by that time you know it was a fun ride <laughs> Let's just say that, but I, it, it's fucked up for Mark Bell, man. I mean, he's employing a boatload of people and, and obviously, you know, they don't need the money um, because they do very well with super training and the, and the products that they sell. I mean, they gave me a beautiful tour of their warehouse. They sell a lot of products. I'm sure they're doing very well, but of course, you know, having a podcast, it allows you to, you know, have a casual conversation with people that you really like and respect in the fitness industry. And, and it creates a working opportunity for, uh, for Andrew, the podcast manager. And, and Sima had his uh, rightful place as a podcasting host, al host alongside uh, Mark Bell. So I really hope they can get their channel back. Um, you know, I'm sure there's already working on it uh, in the background and I have no idea where their channel got deleted, you know, but you know, with all these new changes coming to YouTube, um, I always have to have it in the back of my mind that, you know, at one point it's my turn to get deleted. Um, yeah, because I mean, you know, the, the bigger platform cats, the more sensitive censorship there is, the less likely advertisers are going to advertise on this kind of content. So uh, I just use it as a marketing platform. And if this marketing platform is taking away from me, then I have to look into a, a different opportunity to market myself for as long as I want to market myself. All right, next one. Cortis Labs. Ryan, what's up, bro? Hey, bro, uh, recently significantly dropped TRT dose to take drug holiday from Aribidex. Okay, smart. <laughs> Three weeks in and urination is quite frequent. Estradiol dropped. Can this uh, go via modification of vasopressin? Is there any other mechanism for it? So if you dropped your TRT um, and, and removed your Arimidex, then it could be that by dropping the TRT, estradiol still came down so first we're inhibiting estradiol and now uh let's see trt dose went down so estradiol might be lower than before even without the arimidex and of course estradiol modulates the renin angiotensin of uh, renin angiotensin <laughs> aldosterone system vasopressin is also part of that so if estradiol is low you get less um, modulation of or stimulation of ras vasopressin is then also low and then um you can also, uh, that would increase urination and reduce water retention. But another part of that is the positive mineral retention that you get from TRT. And, and part of that goes through the aldosterone uh, you know, system. But you also get positive mineral retention. And especially at the end of the day, if testosterone levels are high and estradiol levels are high, and you retain more minerals, it also means that you retain more water. So if you bring serum testosterone levels down and serum estradiol levels down, the mineral retention also goes down and you excrete more at the end of the day uh you can combat with this by increasing your sodium intake yeah yeah you i mean and if you don't like sodium just add pickles i mean i have like 
three pickles in the morning, three pickles in the evening, and then I have uh, two grams of sodium pre pre-workout and, and about a gram of sodium, uh, you know, with every meal. I'm a, I'm a sodium junkie, uh, but guess what? At the end of the day, I'm kind of watery and full. That's why I always look more watery here than I do recording because I usually record about six to eight hours before I do these live streams. That's why I'm way more handsome in the other videos instead of the live streams. Yeah, it's all the, it's those pickles, I tell you. All right, let's scroll up to a couple of members, uh, member questions. Uh, mm -mm -mm. I'm going to skip over your questions because there's so many other questions. <laughs> Uh, Thomas, would it be better for using long-term, uh, which would be better for a long-term to gain muscle, Anadrol, Anavar? Is the dose, if the dose is, Jesus Christ, if the dose at which you get the same amount of negative health effects, man, it's, it's not very friendly written. Okay. Um, so for the same amount of negative health effects, which dose I would say you can run Anavar a little bit higher than Anadrol. Um, it's hard to say, dude, because some people don't get this increased hematocrit and red blood cell production from Anadrol at 25 milligrams per day. And I, I would say that the stress on liver enzyme production is pretty equal for a 25 milligram dose. Now the question is, will you build more muscle? I mean, with Anadrol, 25 milligrams, you'll be fuller. But I would say that you will build more muscle on 25 milligrams of Anavar. And I do know that 25 milligrams of Anavar, let's say an entire year, uh, not that I recommend that, but let's say you run 25 milligrams of Anavar an entire year. Uh, I don't think your appetite will be severely diminished, like would be the case with 25 milligrams of Anadrol. Now you can bypass that by taking the Anadrol before bed sublingually, right? That doesn't seem to impair your appetite so much um, because you have ample time between the anadrol dose and uh, the next meal that you have let's say eight to 12 hours the next day um but yeah long term i think realistically if you don't want any negative health effects um i would say that five milligrams of anavar is sustainable long term maybe 10 milligrams if you have all the health ancillaries and overground supplements in place and you eat super healthy right um that's about it you know, but if you want to build muscle acutely, like 100 milligrams of Anadrol per day for up to four weeks, I mean, you'll be a little fucking round as fuck. And Anavar can't come close to that. <laughs> so how about this? How about, how about we fucking compromise, okay? Five milligrams of Anavar six months uh, per day. Five milligrams of Anavar per day for six months. Five months, 10 milligrams of Anavar per day. And then the last month out of the year, you close it off with 100 milligrams of Anadrol per day. And then, um, I don't know, let us know next year how full you got. Let's see. Two years on TRT, 175 milligrams uh, per week, 25 milligrams per day, and progesterone is always higher. Results from months ago, 55. Okay, this is a little bit towards higher reference range. Morning cortisol is also top of the reference range. Oh, that's pretty high, yeah. Uh, next one. And SFG is outside of the reference range, 69 nanomoles per liter. I was under the impression that progesterone and SFG would be lower on TRT. So what should I do to lower progesterone? Um, yeah, you might also want to watch the steroidogenesis inhibitor video because it could be that you're taking something that inhibits the conversion, the metabolism of progesterone into uh, corticosteroids, aldosterone, for example. So 
I would assume that your pregnenolone and DHEA production is low, but it could be that those are still high. So next time you do blood work, please check your um, pregnenolone levels if possible. Um, and if that's not possible, you kind of have to deduce what's going on with your pregnenolone levels based on your progesterone levels. I don't think you can reduce your progesterone levels. Um, no, I don't think so. No, you can reduce your SHBG levels by taking either more testosterone or uh, you add in the provirin, like I mentioned earlier in this live stream, right? 6.25 milligrams once or twice per day. You take that for a month and then maybe 12.5 uh, 12, uh, milligrams provirin once or twice per day. See how that goes. See if that lowers your SHBG, frees up more testosterone, improves your libido, and it maybe have more of a suppressive effect on your luteinizing hormone, follicle-stimulating hormone, and overall uh, pregnenolone production, uh, resulting in low progesterone levels. Or uh, mitochondrial function is so upregulated that you produce a boatload of pregnenolone. And thus, uh, with this boatload of pregnenolone that you have, uh, progesterone is ultimately the, the end metabolism of pregnenolone into progesterone. So that could also be the case, but I'm not entirely sure how you could uh, keep track of your mitochondrial function unless you check your pregnenolone levels in serum. So I hope this gives you some suggestions. Bill K, uh, coach, in latest blood work, thyroid stimulating hormone was 3.75, uh, free T3, 3.1, free T4, 1.22. Uh, Would it be beneficial to start, let's say, 15 to 75 micrograms T4 to lower my TSH? Also, I don't take growth hormone yet. Um, well, you could also take uh, iodine and selenium. All right, I mean... Maybe, maybe you have a one-off or your thyroid stimulating hormone. Maybe this is one time that it's elevated. It doesn't mean that you need to start immediately supplementing with T4. And I, again, I can't emphasize this enough. Elevated thyroid stimulating hormone is problematic when it's severely out of the reference range. If it's slightly higher than one, I mean, you're now you're in the reference range, right? I mean, Hashimoto's disease starts at what? Six, seven, eight, 12 uh, picograms per milliliter. So... I don't oh I know where this came from. But honestly, I don't agree with it. If it's slightly I don't think this is elevated. You know, and it could be last time was 3.1 and now it's 3.75. Maybe the next time it's 2.5. Right? So how about you start supplementing with some uh, table salts, iodose table salts, and uh, maybe more selenium if you're not getting enough selenium from your uh, dietary uh, animal meat sources, and then see what happens. It could just be a moment in time, dude. And I think there's other things that affect thyroid stimulating hormone. What was that? I think there's a supplement that increases it, but I'm not entirely sure. So anyway, look into that before you start uh, throwing in the thyroid medications, because in your case, it's probably not required. Uh, Marco Marcel. Hey, Steve. Last shot of TRT is Monday. It will cruise on HCG for three to four weeks and stop HCG and start Clomid uh, Novadex six to eight weeks am i missing something like controlling estradiol under this period okay so you want to start a post cycle therapy let's see you want to stop your trt on monday hcg three to four weeks okay i would do that for maybe six weeks because it might take six weeks for your exogenous testosterone to metabolize then stop hcg and start clomid uh, for six to eight weeks yeah uh, yeah that sounds good you could start your ATG uh, either a week before or you stop ATG one day to the next and then start Clomid and Novadex 
for six to eight weeks. And again, it highly depends on how long you need to run your Novodex and Clomid, uh, dependent on how long you ran your TRT and how long your HPTA was shut down. So if you were shut down for decades, right, or, or for five years, <laughs> um, yeah, then Clomid and Novodex might be a little bit more aggressive. 100 milligrams Novodex per day for two weeks with 40 milligrams Novodex, 100 milligrams Clomid. Did I say Clomid or Novodex? Jesus Christ. Uh, 100 milligrams Clomid <laughs> per day for two weeks. 40 milligrams Novodex per day for two weeks, and then you do half the dose for two weeks and half the dose for another two weeks. So you go from 100 milligrams Clomid to 50 milligrams to 25 milligrams, and for Novodex, you go 40 milligrams, 20 milligrams, 10 milligrams per day, right, with two-week increments. I don't think eight weeks is required. Uh, I would stop the SERMs for two weeks and then, or maybe a month, and then go check your blood work parameters to see where you are, luteinizing hormone, follicle-stimulating hormone, total testosterone, estradiol, SHBG, et cetera, it's at. And then uh, see what else you need to do. All right. Big House, thank you for shouting out Aaron Burke. That guy's a magician. Yeah, he learned under the best. <laughs> and everybody that I sent to Aaron is uh, very, very happy <laughs> with Aaron's services. There, member questions and super chats get priority. And right? it's right there down there below. So... Um, and then we answer the rest. But, you know, usually these live streams with 150, 180 people, it turns into a super flood of super chats and then a boatload of members asking questions. So if I don't answer your question, I'm sorry, you know, paying members get priority. Austin Shepard, any tips for somebody who doesn't aromatize very much? I've taken up to 1,000 milligrams of testosterone, recipient with blood work to show proper test levels, but estradiol at 20 bikigrams per milliliter. Holy moly. Uh, yeah, so again, watch that stereogenesis inhibitor video. Maybe, maybe you're taking something that limits the conversion of testosterone into estradiol, or you're just simply lean, right? You're a fucking freak. You don't aromatize much. Um, then in your case, it would be best to add in 50 milligrams, 100 milligrams, 200 milligrams nandrolone decanoate, or 50 milligrams tristolone, right? Uh, cypionate, mint. Um, to promote the conversion of testosterone into estradiol. And thus, uh, you get your estradiol to maybe 40, 50, 60 picograms per milliliter, right? Uh, or, or we're speculating here, but maybe your estrogen alpha and beta receptor sensitivity is so fucking good that all of the estradiol is not in the blood, but it's potentiating its effects on the receptor site. So if you don't experience uh, dry skin, hair loss, uh, poor libido, all the common side effects associated with low estradiol, um, then again, maybe it's not a super bad thing, right? But of course, we want to uh, also have the numbers on paper to be correct. So in your unique instance, which I've encountered a couple times in my life, not many times, but a couple times, right? Hopefully you're a low aromatizer because you're shredded as fuck. Um, I would add in a low-dose natrolone or low-dose trestolone and take it from there. Yeah. Are sub-Q injections safer than intramuscular if an infection occurs? Yes. Uh, considering homebrewing L-carnitine, but I want to make uh, an extra step in case something happens. Yeah, I would do sub-Q for, for every new batch, maybe three or four shots, right? We're doing half a cc injectable carnitine per day. And uh, assuming you can brew it 500 milligrams for one milliliter, but even if it's 200 milligrams for one milliliter, I would only limit it to half a cc because it's not the carnitine that can cause the infection. It's uh, something wrong that went uh, with the brewing process and that, uh, you know, the pollutants and the, and the bacteria, whatever, 
are in the water. So whatever the concentration is, half a cc or 0.1 milliliter, right? If you want to be conservative and to see what happens, right? Make sure you have uh, doxycycline or Keflex or Augmentum on standby in case you get a soft tissue infection. Um, I do all my carnitine shots sub-Q and uh, I don't have an issue, but I take uh, Farmigrate, right? The ratio of farm injectable L-carnitine at 1,000 milligrams per one milliliter. I don't know how the fuck they make it, um, but it, it hurts <laughs> like a bitch sometimes. <laughs> all right uh plan on doing 400 milligrams testosterone sustenon and 300 milligrams in androlone 20 milligrams anivar uh considering adding hcg for general health any good recommendations you're a legend um well you're going to need an aromatized inhibitor obviously because 400 milligrams testosterone being sustenon already increases uh, estrogen levels and then adding in uh, almost a one-to-one ratio with nandrolone on top of that will surely raise your estradiol levels even more and hcg for uh, general testicular health and, and maybe neurogenesis in the brain maybe 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 right limited scientific evidence but might cause neurogenesis as well um 250 ios 500 ios three times a week albeit that hcg is not as effective when nandrolone is in the picture uh, because you have uh, downregulation through the progesterone receptor directly in the testicles. So uh, you might get an adverse reaction there. But all three combined, right, uh, by the power of uh, Captain Planets, that's literally estrogen galore. So I'm not against any of these dosages, um, but I would recommend you to put in an aromatized inhibitor in place or something like Masterone or Primabolin to prevent the conversion of testosterone into estradiol, which is now being augmented in the presence of this dose of nandrolone. So, um, yeah, and I watched the Carrier All Deep Dive video, which will drop Monday. It's 52 minutes long. It will, um, it, 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 it's very in-depth. You might want to take some notes because if you're taking 400 milligrams for one milliliter testosterone and 300 milligrams for one milliliter nandrolone, um, the carrier oil that you're going to inject might be highly inflammatory. All right. Thomas, you often tell us a lot what is wrong in the Netherlands. I agree. But what did you like about the Netherlands? Uh, well, the trains, tra public transportation is usually on time. And uh, going to the smart shop, buying fucking mushrooms. And then if you, uh, back then uh, when you, <laughs> you know, befriend your smart shop uh, guy, you know, covered in tattoos and all kinds of piercings and stuff. And you ask him, hey, do you have anything stronger? And he'll take you to the back and hook you up with some post, uh, you know, some stamps. And those are not for mailing. Those are for uh, putting underneath your tongue. So uh, acquiring recreational drugs was very easy in the, in the Netherlands. And again, I closed that chapter off in my life, but I remember it fondly. Uh, right, we're paying one guilder or no, two, two, three guilders for MDMA tablets. Super cheap. Yeah. Uh, but then again, that was the networking circle that I was in. What else is good about the Netherlands? Um, I think I had the best experience in the Netherlands ever when I took my wife there on our last holiday. Uh, we were there for about two weeks and then we did all the cool stuff. We did the Escher Museum in Den Haag. That was really nice. We did um, Burgers Bush in Arnhem. That was really cool. That's probably one of the best zoos that I've been to. And I love going to zoos and aquariums, right? When I went to Japan, I also went to the aquarium in Osaka. Fucking legendary. Uh, what else did I like? Amsterdam's kind of fucked up now. Uh, Den Haag I liked, Arnhem I liked, Utrecht I liked. 
Uh, we watched Amsterdam a couple of years ago. So I took her to Utrecht where um, Amsterdam is filmed. Uh, so she's like, oh, and now I understand where all these scenes were uh, made. So, I mean, there's a, a couple of good things about Holland, but it mostly has to do with the tourism. But living there, I mean, I'd, I'd go clinically depressed. Yeah. Hamad. Hey, Steve, can glutathione and NAD plus separately can be uh, reconstituted in bacteriostatic water for intramuscular injection? Is there much benefits from doing it IV rather than intramuscular? Man, it seems like I have to answer this question every week. So we're going to do this with my eyes closed. All right, so the difference between intramuscular NAD plus and glutathione versus um, IV NAD plus and glutathione is there might be some pro-oxidant effects at the site of administration if you go intramuscular or subcutaneously because these compounds are highly potent antioxidants. That means you might get some issues at the injection site. Now, that doesn't happen for all the people, but considering that you have to inject 600 milligrams over of let's say three to four milliliters of glutathione intramuscularly, um, I would rather do it intravenously, right? But that, that being said, I still take my glutathione shots maybe a couple times, um, you know, when I'm ready to conceive uh, with my wife again, because I do feel that it helps with uh, semen uh, parameters, right? Fertility parameters. But besides that, I do it IV once a week, 800 milligrams, and NAD plus uh, 200 milligrams IV once per week. But right, if you don't have access to IV, I think intramuscular administrations or, or sub-Q, right? who cares about oxidative stress in the adipose tissue? I mean, fuck, if anything, it just makes it shrink and shrivel up and, and non-functional. So now potentially you might even get leaner. Um, but of course, you know, intramuscular or sub-Q administration sites can only hold one cc. So if you have 200 milligrams for one milliliter glutathione, you have to put three cc's, three separate subcutaneous injections uh, just to get 1,800 milligrams or 600 milligrams in, which, uh, yeah, it's going to be a sore butt cheeks, uh, but it's the subcutaneous space. And with NAD+, I'm not entirely sure what the concentrations are because uh, mine is uh, 100 milligrams per vial, and I think it's two milliliters of fluid in there, and then I mix that in normal saline solution. I have pharmaceutical NAD+, uh, available here from one of the Thai compounding pharmacies. I buy bulk, so I get a discount. And um, yeah, but the NAD plus that's available uh, online, it might be 50 milligrams per one milliliter. And I would limit it to maybe 25 milligrams uh, per shot sub Q. And that's going to be half a milliliter if that's the concentration. So again, uh, IV is just, um, I don't know, different delivery mechanism where you, if if the IV is slow, like half a, half a liter of normal, say, sorry, half a, fucking hell half a liter of normal saline solution. Um, I don't think you're going to get any oxidative stress in your arteries if you do a slow drip. All right, where are we? So salt and iodine, all makes sense now. Last time you said to me to add salt for lower blood pressure, but high risking heart rate, I started taking uh, 1,000 milligrams iodine with my vitamin D3 and K after the blood work, so now all is left is sodium. Okay. Yeah, that could be the case, or maybe it's selenium, right? I mean, do it again. Maybe maybe your thyroid stimulating hormone went up because you started supplementing with iodine, and uh, now you get uh, you know increased turnover of that iodine into T4, and maybe later on it will normalize again. I mean, we've seen that in scientific evidence also, or thyroid stimulating hormone suddenly shoots up uh, temporarily after adding in the iodine. So 
you know, I mean, just keep doing what you're doing, add in the sodium and then uh, retest your blood work parameters again. And hopefully your blood pressure issues and your somewhat, uh, it's not even elevated, but <laughs> your thyroid stimulating hormone will come back to the previous results. Let's just put it that way. Uh, I do have an AI. I just ran out of text and letters. Okay, so Joe Reynolds. Um, yeah, where was it? Can't find your uh, question. <laughs> so much shit in the chat. Oh, where is it? Hmm. Oh, I can't find your previous message and I already forgot. Uh, uh, uh. Well, I hope my answer was still valid. And otherwise just post it again. I'll look for your username. Hmm. Where are we? All right, London. Let's see. Thoughts on test pellets for someone who is new. Uh, so for someone who's traveling for three months, deployment. Uh, it's better than nothing. And it, it might be better than Nibido, testosterone and decanoates, because uh, that is usually gone after 10 to 12 weeks. So by the end of three months, you'll feel pretty deficient um but i'm not i'm not experienced with test pellets right testopel it's called so please do that under medical supervision i would say because i'm not familiar with with protocols for testosterone pellets but if you get deployed for three months maybe longer um and, and there's no way to administer that while you're uh, deployed or administer uh, subcutaneous shots of testosterone while deployed um then this might be your best option yeah but i would do it under medical supervision Ryan, yeah, Mar Mark's Bell uh, channels got taken down. Yes, Super Training is still up, and uh, a couple other channels, uh, and Chris Bell's channel is still up. But yeah, Power Project uh, got taken down uh, yesterday. <sighs> yeah, why? Who knows? Uh, Kusha, if uh, uh, vitamin B6 P5P brings prolactin down from 29 to 6 within three months, would a pituitary adenona still be? A possible culprit no i don't think so because prolactin levels with the pituitary adenoma is usually much higher and um i don't think that vitamin b6 p5p is potent enough to really have such a dopaminergic effect compared to cabergoline or other uh, dopaminergic receptor agonists so um but if you're worried about it uh, just do an mri right you spend the money to clear your head literally <laughs> if there's nothing there then you don't have to worry about it so um and then if, if your prolactin is now six then you can phase out the p5p maybe your dopamine levels will stay sustained and the elevated prolactin at that time is just a temporary effect right so now would be the time to phase it out and see what happens because of course you don't have to be on a, a 300 milligrams or 200 milligrams vitamin b6 p5p a year round um now that your prolactin is in range Ryan, my testosterone is 1200 nanograms per deciliter, estradiol 27 picograms per milliliter. Is it possible my facial bloating is caused by this relatively low dose? 
Haven't, have you seen this before? Uh, it's probably uh, inconsistent electrolyte intake and eating um, food that can make you inflamed. I, I think these levels are fine. I'm not exactly sure what your uh, testosterone dose is, but it could be, let's say, 150, 200 milligrams per week. Um, I think your levels are totally fine, but it could be that you have inconsistent electrolyte intake, inconsistent water intake. I have a, I have a video about this. Bloat. Let me see. There you go. Steroid face bloat. How to fix it? Oh, thank God our repurposing all the old content is uh, getting me views. This week we got 66,000 views. So, since you guys don't use the search function, I will give you exactly what I already gave you uh, in an updated format. All right, the link is down below how to fix your steroid bloat. Um, but this is the first thing I would look into. Electrolyte intake, water intake, and, um, you know, uh, being consistent with your diet. I mean, look at these. Look at this fucking lean face. You know, nine, 850, 820 nanograms per deciliter. My total testosterone estradiol is like 44. But I eat good, man. I eat good. Stuart, uh, you're a legend, Steve. Thank you. Uh, third, uh, thoughts on sorting high iron levels. I donate blood regu regularly. My saturation was 70%. Ferritin is fine, but iron, iron is just high. Um, I mean, you might want to look into IP6, right? And acetylhexaphosphate. I think that's the one. And acetylhexaphosphate. Yeah. Uh, to inhibit iron absorption from the intestinal tract and maybe lower your vitamin E, uh, vitamin, not vitamin E, vitamin C intake, which promotes the absorption of iron, right? So, and then the last thing you're going to do is just to remove all beef from your diet. So step by step, if you really like beef for the fullness and the creatine and the vitamin B12 and all the other benefits, right? And maybe look into IP6, which you take before, let's say 30 minutes uh, before taking your beef meal. Definitely don't take vitamin C around that time. See if that brings your iron levels down. Um, if that doesn't bring it down, uh, increase the IP6 to, what, 3,000 milligrams uh, before a beef meal or maybe 3,000 milligrams twice per day. Uh, reduce vitamin C intake to maybe 2,000 milligrams per day. You still need vitamin C for, uh, you know, all its beneficial effects, including uh, collagen uh, donation, collagen synthesis. And then if that doesn't work, you remove the iron completely. And if that, that, that doesn't work, then you might have to do some chelation therapy, right? But that has its own problems. So EDTA, sodium, what was it called? EDTA, disodium salt, I think that's the one. Disodium chelate, yeah. EDTA, disodium chelate. Look into that. I have a video about that also. EDTA. Slight concentrations of... Man fucking swole all right fourth from the top give it a watch uh all right gone through all the super chats now let me answer some member questions mm -mm -mm. You gotta stay hydrated, bro, so you don't have a bloat face. Uh, 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 I think I answered all the membership questions. All right, our token female in the chat. My husband. Uh, you have a husband. 
and we all had hope. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> My husband has been taking IP6, extra dose when he has beef. It's been working. Okay, perfect, right? So now we have a proof from a, a female in the chat. It works for her husband also. So take your IP6 and shut the fuck up. Man, all, all everybody's dreams just got destroyed. I mean, look at look at that picture. I mean, I mean, it's very small, but she looks good. And her husband is very lucky. All right, before she feels uncomfortable, let's start, let's start answering some questions. Uh, 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 uh. Harman Virandawa. Hey, Steve, I was wondering if you had more any more thoughts on achieving financial freedom and success. I know you mentioned in your videos uh, to get on social media, but any more tips? Uh, I mean, money is money, right? Uh, and as long as you're not hurting anybody in the process or doing anything illegal, uh, which forces you to look over your back all the time, right? Um, look over your shoulder, right? Behind your back. Um, then you can basically do anything as long as you're enjoying it. So it doesn't mean you have to get on social media. It doesn't mean you have to get exposure. I mean, I know plenty of people who are like low-key millionaires who, who are nobody heard or knows about them, but they're making money trading cryptocurrency, doing some sort of job shipping, or they have some sort of website and they use influencers to market their product. I mean, there's a boatload of main ways to make money, but first you have to identify what you like to do and then try to monetize that because you're going to be working a lot. If you really want to be successful and make money, you're going to be working a lot. And that means you have to make sacrifices. And if you're making money doing something which you don't like, which is basically what employment is all about, right? You're uh, doing something for somebody else and then get, uh, you know, chump change as a result, unless you're, uh, you know, a high ticket, a high ticket seller or CEO or, or some sort of management position. I thought I earned good when I was a financial business consultant, but that $5,500 paycheck uh, was before taxes. And, uh, you know, a 13th month and maybe a, a big, uh, you know, gift during Christmas and, and some free holiday days. But it doesn't compare to being an entrepreneur, you know? It's a fucking joke what you make as a, as somebody who's employed. And I only know a couple of people who really do well being employed. Uh, all, the, all the really successful people I know are self-employed. They either got their own business or they're very high level, right? High ticket sales. So um, if, identify what you love to do 80 hours per week and then go for it. It's that simple. It's that, I mean, you have social media to leverage and you don't have to be on social media yourself. You can always um, use affiliate marketing to sell products or services, and, and and but you have to figure it out, and it, you just have to grind, dude. It's it's that simple, right? Or maybe you find something where you can work four hours per day, <laughs> right? And, but that doesn't happen for a lot of people. I, I work eighty hours a week, right? But when cryptocurrency uh, moons, then I'm done with that shit. I'm gonna play with Legos with my kids, and uh, and then spend more time with my cats uh Stuart, oh we already answered this one all right optimal fap frequency um i know once twice per month when the wife has her period that's about it in between periods uh, there should be no fapping involved yeah all right 
Thomas, uh, thoughts on adjusting cycle of 1,500 milligrams testosterone inotate per week or whatever, Esther, 700 milligrams masterone, 600 primo, to do an eight-week mini-cut before reducing cycle dose just to accrue TRT dose protocol, 300 to 200. Uh, sounds fine. You can do a mini-cut on any dose, including a TRT dose. You can even do a mini-cut on, uh, well, TRT plus. That's not TRT plus. That's a cycle. It's 500 milligrams per week. That's not TRT plus. Uh, if you want to do TRT plus 150 tests, 100 primo, right? That's 250 milligrams. Half. No, any anything over 250 milligrams is no longer TRT plus. It's just a cycle, right? So, uh, adding the 80, uh, 150 tests, 100 primo. That's it. That's it. And you can do an eight week mini cut on that, really. So, um, it's fine. Just whatever you're doing now, proceed into the mini cut. Eight weeks. It's not enough to lose strength. It's not enough to lose uh, size. It's not enough to have any sort of negative effect on your uh, performance in the gym because it's only eight weeks. Um, but if you continue with another eight weeks, then yeah, you probably need to bump up the dose to sustain your strength and size because the longer you diet, the weaker you become. Um, so yeah, just cut the calories, cut the carbs in half for eight weeks. See what happens. Thomas, have I ever used Trend in the off-season? Uh, I think I did, but it's been such a long time ago. I haven't touched Trend in like eight or nine years. So, uh, yeah, I think, I think I've done it. But I never really did the super hardcore off-seasons on high dosages. I would always just use a low dose of test because I, I would get all the anabolic effects from the food. So most of my off-seasons are like 500, 700 milligrams at maximum. I think I take took train once or twice, or maybe I started training at the end of an off season to kind of transition into a cutting phase. And then I thought I took a low dose, but it was like 200 milligrams or 350 milligrams, right? That's what we thought was low back in the day, but that was all GH15's fault. Nowadays, I would recommend 50 milligrams, 70 milligrams during the off season, uh, if that's even required. Uh, I'm genetically deficient in IgG. Do you think bovine... Do you mean IGF-1? Do you think bovine colostrum would help raising it? The bovine colostrum doesn't do shit. Separate question, any side effects of oxbal and tatka? Also, uh, when to take them? So oxbal you would take with meals containing over, let's say, 30 grams of fat, if your gallbladder is not sufficient to produce, uh, you know, adequate uh, bile acid to help with the breakdowns of fat. And tatka you can take morning and evening. It, it doesn't really matter. 250 milligrams, 500 milligrams morning and evening if needed. So oxbal with meals, tatka with the first meal and the last meal. And uh, I'm assuming you're genetically deficient in IGF-1 and not IgG. Or are you talking about uh, immunoglobulins? I'm not sure if bovine colostrum would help with immunoglobulins or IGF-1 uh, because I don't think it works at all. Uh, let's see, Hamad, well, tw uh, 20 micrograms of Clen still potentiate lipolysis effect with prolonged use, even when the beta 2 receptors are downregulated. So it seems that a low dose of Clen just starts working better with time. This is why I usually run 20 micrograms of Clen withdrawal, uh, just the entire cutting phase, uh, nonstop. 
um, because anything more than that would just give me severe heart palpitations. And it doesn't really seem to have a negative effect on beta-2 receptor downregulation. It seems to happen with higher dosages to the point you need to add in the ketotifen and then drop the dose by half. So let's say you go from 20 micrograms for a couple of weeks and 40 micrograms a couple of weeks, then the 60 micrograms a week, and then 80 micrograms a couple of days, and 120 micrograms a couple of days, because the downregulation happens faster the more you take. And then you throw in one milligram ketotifen before bed, and then you need to half the dose from 120 micrograms to 60 micrograms. Uh, that being said, I no longer believe in um, clenbuterol. I think that there are far superior fat loss aids out there, um, but unfortunately those are more expensive and not readily available. We're talking about glucagon-like receptor one agonists or 5-amino-1-MQ, right? So, uh, or, or injectable albuterol seems to be a little bit cleaner than clenbuterol. So if you only have access to clen, 20 micrograms, uh, take it 16 weeks, right? Before fasted cardio, take some injectable carnitine with it, take a 2 use a growth hormone, and maybe GW1516. Although um, I might have to put that on the to-do list because I, I did a quick uh, search for PubMed uh, on PubMed for GW1516, and it seems that there's a lot more new uh, cancer evidence out there. Um, so yeah, it might be a bit risky. Um, I've added it to the to-do list, but I'm not entirely sure when I get to the Carterine deep dive. Yeah, but you're free to do some research on PubMed yourself, right? Don't have to wait for me. You can go to PubMed yourself. Uh, wow, it. Wow, okay. Wow. <laughs> what was that actor? <laughs> wow. <laughs> what was his name? Fuck. <laughs> Let's see. Hey, Steve, my blood work came back and I have both DHA serum uh, towards the top of the reference range, which can cause this. I'm on TRT 150 milligrams per week for I use growth hormone every day. Um, well, it seems that uh, DHA production is uh, sufficient in your case. And it happens with some people that their neurosteroid production doesn't really come down, even if they're on TRT or a full-blown steroid cycle. Or the metabolism of DHEA into DHEA sulfate is impaired, or the metabolism of DHEA into, into testosterone is impaired. Again, watch the steroidogenesis inhibitor video so you understand that process. Um, but I would say that, you know, based on your free DHEA level, your um, libido and cognition and well-being and memory formation uh, should be pretty fucking good. And I think you need to lower your GH dose down because beyond 2 I use a growth hormone on the TRT dose, there's only water retention, no additional synergy, right? So um, space your growth hormone out and save some money in the process. And so you can super chat me a little bit harder next time. <laughs> or or up the dose of testosterone, 500 milligrams, to, to kind of match the dose of growth hormone that you're on. Right? But then your DHEA levels might come down and you might need to start supplementing with that. Uh, and that means you're spending more money, right? So, I don't know, look into your wallet and figure it out. Bang. Uh, elevated TMEO levels on blood work. 18 micro... Well, I forgot what the range is. I don't take L-carnitine. Any insights of possible causes? Could uh, protocol in your gut health video help? So, um, TMAO can be formed uh, downstream from choline and I think also from creatine, but for sure carnitine and choline. Um, so it could be the choline that you get from dietary sources. And again, animal meat sources also contain uh, carnitine and creatine. So uh, the cause is the bacteria in your intestinal tract, and you can kill that with the cycle 
yeah, with the cycle of doxycycline, 100 milligrams in the morning, 100 milligrams in the evening. That also means you kill all of the other good micro bacteria in your intestinal tract. And if you currently suffer from depression, um, you're also killing off the bacteria, which helps with serotonin synthesis. So uh, that is risky. Right? But if you don't suffer from depression and you feel fine uh, temporarily where serotonin levels in the intestinal tracts are somewhat uh, reduced, uh, then you could consider a cycle of doxycycline. And then you still need to repopulate your gut microbiome with healthy probiotic supplements or kimchi, sauerkraut, some raw foods, sushi, right? whatever you can get your hands on. It might take a couple of weeks to months, um, but at least all the bacteria that cause uh, TMO, um, or was it yeah, TMO, right? TMA? Fuck. What was it? Precursor. Ah, L-carnitine, choline, betaine, dimethylglycine, uh, phosphatidylcholine, chronobetaine. Man, there's a, a, a boatload of precursors, apparently. And what was it? TM, TMA, yeah, TMA, sorry. Not TMO, TMA. So the bacteria produce TMA, and then TMO is formed in the intestinal, or in the liver, sorry, in the liver that's formed. So uh, look into doxycycline. That is usually uh, the best way to kill the bacteria, and uh, that way you don't have elevated TMA levels anymore, but you still need to repopulate your gut microbiome afterwards. Uh, Fury for the win. I'm using testosterone, cypionating, grapeseed oil, benzoyl, alcohol, benzoyl, benzoate, and ethyl oleate. Throw it in the trash. Watch the video on Monday. I'll tell you exactly why. Could that raise uh, PSA levels as I went in for blood work and PSA came back at four? Yes. Been three times to urologist and prostate appears fine. So ethyl oleate raises systemic inflammation. And in the presence of systemic inflammation, uh, ultimately ending up in the prostate, uh, prostate-specific antigen, which is a marker of prosthetic inflammation, goes up. So you are going to throw your testosterone cypionate uh, grapeseed oil ethyl oleate blend in the fucking trash and then retest in about two weeks. Yeah, yeah. And then you can tell your urologist that you got that advice from some random dude on the internet. And if BSH is still elevated, then you need to address what other causes, uh, what other root causes there are for systemic inflammation. Um, because... You know, I mean, a PSA can be elevated from uh, frequent intercourse or other kinds of inflammatory conditions, right? Or trauma to the uh, prostate. Uh, so if you get a cunt punt, uh, <laughs> then, yeah, uh, that could also uh, cause PSA's levels to go up. But also frequent orgasms, dude. I mean, I've had consultations with porn stars and their PSA's levels were elevated following a scene with multiple orgasms because they use the penis pump and Cialis. And, uh, and and my libido protocol. <laughs> so there were barely barely on salvos towards the end lift. But um, yeah, uh, multiple orgasms in a row apparently also can cause uh, elevated PSA levels. But in this context, throw your ethyl oleate shit in the trash. And then come back in two weeks. And I'm sure your PSH will be uh, normal again. Diesel. What kind of, what does it say? Toilet? I can't read that meme. Okay. With 250 milligrams of testosterone, 100 milligrams DECA for TRT+, uh, when are you going to collab with Ryan Root? Ryan Root? Ryan. Oh, Ryan Root. Oh, uh, I think end of January. Yeah, I should send them an email. Good thing that you uh, reminded me. 
Yeah, it was in my inbox a while ago, but I had some console, uh, some some podcast planned, and and then you think you have podcast planned, and then people cancel. Great. Anyway, uh, Ryan should be towards the end of the month. Yeah. So uh, this would be a TRT plus plus plus, right? Again, I, I think. I mean, it's an arbitrary number, but I think TRT Plus goes up to 250 milligrams combined. So if you want to do 200 tests and 50 milligrams DECA, I would consider that TRT Plus and somewhat sustainable. But this, uh, yeah, borders on a cycle. But fuck, it doesn't matter, right? It doesn't matter what it's called. It matters if you feel good and if you look good and if your blood work results are good. So if you can look good and feel good and have good blood work, give it, a, I mean, you can call it a fucking Barney if you want. This is my Barney protocol. Uh, what happens when you take Clemetrol in the AM and Benadryl at night? Uh, you sleep well. <laughs> Heard Paul Burnett talking about it. So Benadryl is set to uh, improve better to an adrenergic receptor sensitivity to Clemetrol. But from my experience and all the other bodybuilders' experience, Benadryl doesn't really work. You need to go with ketotifen, which is a generation one antihistamine, uh, which I was able to get prescribed in Holland. <laughs> because <laughs> it's an asthma medication and i have uh um asthma yeah so um i couldn't find ketotifen anywhere and of course online sourcing was non-existent back in the day when i started taking clenbuterol and my source have had never heard of ketotifen but he was able to sell me so pharma pharmaceutical clenbuterol so i wanted to get some pharmaceutical ketotifen on my hands so i went to the doctor i played the victim and i uh, got myself a script for ketotifen yeah worked very well Owen Wilson. Yeah, that's the one. Wow. Wow. Uh, thoughts on cyanidine 3-glucoside. Uh, I have no idea what that is, but let me Google it real quick. Uh, can I select this? Cyanidine. Cyanidine. Ah, there you go. Top comment. Anthrocyanin. Uh, 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 uh. Wikipedia. I've never heard of this, so let me Wikipedia a bit. Uh, 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 in foods, biosynthesis, references. Oh, I, I don't know. I don't know what it does or what it is. Let me add it to the to-do list. Is this the one? It is a three. Uh, I'll bookmark it. Ask me next week if I don't forget to research this. But uh, as of now, I have no... Uh, no uh, feelings towards it because I don't know what the fuck it is. Uh, let's see. Uh, do I need to take exogenous growth hormone for help? Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Every past or future video. Okay. What was your previous question? <laughs> I already forgot. <sighs> uh, man, there's a lot of comments in the chat this time. Can't even find previous stuff back. That's why it's so important for you guys to be very explanatory in your messages so they don't have to scroll. Well, I don't know. I can't find it. Here's it. I meant immunoglobulins, IgG. Okay, Colostrum has a lactoferrin and immunoglobulins in it. Well, I mean, that might be true, but... I would assume that lactoferrin and immunoglobulins uh, metabolize in the intestinal tract to something that is no longer representative of something that can enhance uh, your immune system. But I could be mistaken there. Uh, colostrum was usually used for IGF-1, and that was uh, debunked a long time ago. So maybe. I'm not sure. 
Jordan Rosengarten. I've been getting migraines since I was a kid, but I notice that every time I get a bump up my testosterone take an aromatized inhibitor, I get a migraine. Just an observation. I wonder if there's a correlation. Well, uh, testosterone and estradiol help uh, with blood pressure. And of course, migraines could be caused by blood pressure issues. I have a video, of course. Uh, I think it's called tension headaches. Headache. Headaches while using oral steroids. Oh, so skinny in this one. I was clearly off cycle. All right, fifth from the top. Is it the one? Yeah, fifth from the top. Give the one a watch. Uh, but in this case, uh, I mean, you might get a migraine in this in this dose adjustment, right? If your testosterone is going up or you take an aromatized inhibitor to balance between testosterone and the estradiol is probably not good. And, and that's why you could potentially get a migraine. But I'm not entirely specialized in migraines, especially if those are congenital since you were a kid. But that video about tension headaches might offer you some solutions, right? And I can't really remember what I recommended in that video because it's been two years. It's probably like something like electrolyte intake and uh, beetroot extract or cardotone and uh, taurine um, for water balance, something along those lines. Uh, but just give that video a watch. And for now, I would just keep your testosterone the same and not take an AI to um, right, at least to remove that variable. Let's see. Carlos, another great Saturday with the Vickers crew. Yes, sir. Steve, uh, does using caffeine with growth hormone before activity enhance the lipolytic effects that you get from growth hormone or secretagogue? I mean, the lipolysis from caffeine is uh, very, very slim. <laughs> very slim, unless you take that with ephedrine and aspirin. You take the, the, the ECA stack, right? Ephedrine, caffeine, and aspirin, and growth hormone, and 5-amino-1-MQ, and a GLP-1 receptor agonist, and uh, a cardarine, potentially, right? If you, uh, if you do some research in PubMed, and the cancer uh, evidence is uh, not as compelling as it might be, uh, I'll leave that up to you, then yeah. But uh, I would say I take caffeine and growth hormone uh, before activity, and I can't say that lipolysis is uh, any way, shape, or form enhanced than without caffeine. But I've been drinking coffee since I was 15 years old, so uh, I don't know what life would be without it. just the support <laughs> thanks bro i'm really looking forward to monday's carol episode thanks steve yeah it's 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 i did a review and i realized that it's way too long um and it, but some, at times it might sound a little bit repetitive so my sincere apologies in advance uh but that will be the most definitive and the final version i'm not going to do that again and it has a lot of new information that is not found in the previous carol uh videos that i posted in the past so um yeah thanks for the support and uh enjoy that video monday poggers all right i'm looking for your question soon uh caleb is it okay to take six igus of growth hormone at night novel and r with breakfast pre-workouts also in the us solantis is not over the counter really i thought it was over the counter America's is a weird country. You can buy uh, all kinds of weird things over the counter. You can buy guns over the counter. <laughs> Can't buy Landis. You can buy guns, though. Uh, but you have, what, the two or three-week waiting period? 
I wish I was a gate for performance enhancing drugs. Yeah, just wait two or three weeks, so you can't use it right away. So you just have to plan your off-season cycle uh, two or three weeks in advance. All right, anyway, as a titrate growth hormone dose, is it is berberine and apple cider vinegar enough for fasted uh, glucose to be sufficient or Novolin R? Um, I'm not against six. I use a growth hormone before bed and a Novolin R w with breakfast pre-workouts. Uh, I don't think, even think you need berberine. Um, apple cider vinegar, which your last meal would be advised, and I would sh take a shot of carnitine with your uh, growth hormone to help with the uh, fatty acids which are now being liberated overnight. So those, overnight, so this uh, carnitine injection um, can help you shuttle this uh, free-form fatty acids into the mitochondria while you sleep, which coincidentally also means that you might be sweating at night. Um, and feel free to take some berberine with it. Uh, but again, berberine can lower IGF-1 levels. And if you take that much uh, growth hormone in a single shot, then uh, wouldn't it make logical sense to have elevated uh, IGF-1 levels? Right, so maybe take your berberine in the morning. Apple cider vinegar before bed and injectable carnitine before bed alongside your growth hormone and a berberine before fasted cardio. Um, you do your cardio and then you have your breakfast and then you take your Novolin or postprandially, which means after you finish breakfast. Yeah, I think that's okay. I think that's okay. Mm. Caleb, you, uh, Yumlock and Lantis is script only. Novel and R, Novel and N are over the counter here. Thank you, Steve. Yes, I want to make IGF-1. Okay, so take the fucking berberine out and uh, make sure that your serum estradiol levels are somewhat towards uh, the top of the reference range, which seems to be favorable. Oh, wait a minute. This is not your question. <laughs> it seems to be more favorable for IGF-1 production in the liver and other tissues of the body. But pr primary source of IGF-1 is going to be um, from the liver. Uh, natural levels were 387 nanograms per deciliter. First cycle, 250 nanograms testosterone per week, 25 nanograms per viron every day, going for about three and a half months. And blood work uh, in the AM shows uh, 2,100 nanograms per deciliter. Where does that put me on the freak or average scale? Uh, I think that's good. I think that's good. I mean, it depends on when you checked your serum testosterone levels compared to your injection. Because if I inject 250 milligrams testosterone in a single shot, the next day I'm 2,500, 2,800 nanograms per deciliter. But obviously if you split up your shots to, uh, let's say, what is it, 38 milligrams per day? Is that the correct amount? 250 divided by 7, 35.7, okay. So let's say you inject 35 milligrams per day, then serum testosterone concentrations are going to be lower because it's now stable. There's no peak at any point in time. Um, so it, it's going to be lower throughout the day, but the total intake of testosterone over the week is the same. And the results are going to be very similar, albeit that with daily micro-administrations, you get less conversion of testosterone to estradiol and less into DHT. So the overall anabolic effect uh, should be somewhat slightly higher. Um, where it puts you on the freak scale depends on how you look to it. The, the serum levels are irrelevant with freaks. Uh, I, if you have a natural level of 1500 nanograms per deciliter, you would be a freak, but this is just a normal number. 
<laughs> it's just a normal number. And don't make it also providing too long. Check your SHBG levels the next time because they might be too low. And SHBG does have a contributing effect to anabolism because it, um, through the sex hormone, sex hormone binding globulin receptor complex, testosterone can increase cyclic adenosine monophosphate concentrations within the skeletal muscle cell, which has a positive effect on antigen-mediated gene transcription. All right, so uh, don't make it out super violent too long. Uh, let's see. How would you check if uh, pre-workout injectable albuterol has a negative effect on your heart? Uh, well, you can check your uh, cardiac markers, obviously, CKMB, troponin T, troponin I, uh, NT, Pro, BNP, uh, before and after an uh, injectable albuterol. Uh, check your resting heart rate, check your heart rate during the workout, and um, do an ultrasound and MRI in your heart, right, before and after your uh, albuterol cycle to see if it has uh, any uh, enlargement or atrial fibrillation or whatever else. Um, right? There's a multitude of different ways to diagnose it. And if you're worried, don't take stimulants. You know? <laughs> what if it has a negative effect? Then don't fucking take it. <laughs> if you're worried, don't take it. All these, all these drugs have negative effects. Let's say it's up to your individual risk tolerance. There are no safe performance enhancing drugs. Please. Uh, L1407. All right. Is the, what is that? I'm intrigued. It's it's some sort of LED for some sort of part for a car. All right, never mind. I thought it was a robot. Um, let's see. Just wanted to say uh, I'm very grateful for your content. You're truly one of a kind. Whenever crypto takes, you're super wealthy. Will you still keep your channel up and all the content? Thank you again. Yeah, I'll still make, uh, keep making videos, but um, of course with less frequency, right? Because um, right now I'm just trying to shuttle as much into assets as I can. And once those assets pay off, then uh, financially I'm set and uh, I can take a step back. And then, I mean, you guys probably don't know, but if you're working 80 hours per week, six and a half days per week, um, then, I mean, it takes time from family, it takes away from family time, right? And I'm only with my wife and she's very understanding. But once I have kids, I don't want to fucking work like this anymore. Fuck that, dude. My dad used to do that. He was never home. And that ruins the relationship, but it also ruins his relationship with my mom. Obviously, they got divorced. Uh, but it also ruins the relationship with your kids. And I don't, I promised myself I would be fucking loaded before I had kids. <laughs> Right? Not fucking loaded. Uh, just let's say financially secure. Right? Let's just call it that before I get a boatload of fake friends that want to be part of that loadedness. Um, so let's just say that I'm financially secure. That was the goal. And then I wanted to have kids. Uh, does it now bite me in the ass because it's more difficult to have kids at the age of 40? Yes, of course. But when we do have kids, um, I can take a step back and, and just be a proper fucking dad. You know, a dad that I didn't have. A dad that uh, this this world needs, and I, I think I did a good job coaching all my clients, so I know I can raise a kid properly. Uh, but that comes first, yeah, that will come first, dude. And I'll still make videos because I like to make videos and I like to uh, bring new stuff to the forefront. But it might just be like fucking one hour deep dives, <laughs> stuff I really like to make, all right? And and right now I just want to grow my channel. Um, 
so I'll, I'll I'll do that. I mean, this week we had a great week, sixty-six thousand views, and again, five hundred followers uh, with content that I made before. So, you know, it goes to show you that cutting edge stuff um, nobody cares about. They want to know about the best dose of testosterone. I'll give you exactly that, you motherfuckers. Yeah. Next on the list, what is the best dose of BPC one five seven? Then, how to uh, improve uh, growth hormone secretion with growth hormone secretagogues? Then, what's the best dose of Anavar? Then, what's the best dose of Trembolone? Right? Nobody cares about the history of Anavar. They want to know the dose. So I'll give you exactly that. Yeah. But if I get into that uh, multimillionaire status, then I, maybe at one point I will just stop making videos. <laughs> All right. Yeah, the content will. I mean, I love making deep dives, dude. I mean that 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 Carol video is fifty-two minutes long, and uh, and and the, the BPC video is forty minutes long. I love videos like that, but I mean, as we saw from the previous rant, which got sixteen thousand views, and it was a no effort video, it's just me ranting. Um, that is what people want to see. Right? People don't want to be educated; they want to be entertained. Yeah. And they want me to point out when people are dumb. That's why reaction content does so well. And it's one person pointing out that somebody else is doing it wrong. Um, and, and, but I don't fucking live my life that way. <laughs> ah, I want to educate and educate people who are smart enough to understand and, and want to make a difference in their lives. And that, that also means that there's maybe 200,000 people on the planet who are interested in that. So I think I'm halfway. I think my channel is halfway, and if I don't get canceled and deleted off YouTube, I think 200,000, that's basically the maximum of subscribers I can get. But I'm a good investor. Yeah. So I know how to multiply my money um, that I get from this uh, endeavor. All right, next one. La Rue Bocampetir. Vigorous one. Your content is second to none. Can you link your best video for pro hormones and talk about pros and cons and differences with actual gear? Uh, did I make a video about pro hormones? I don't think so. I don't think I made a video about pro hormones because pro hormones. Oh yeah, I did. Designer steroids and all right, I'll link it here. Can't believe I made a fucking, I made a video about that too. What a fucking sellout. <laughs> <laughs> oh, at least I didn't promote SARMs. That would be a real fucking sellout. All right, one, two, three, four, five, six from the top. Uh, so I linked it. Thanks for your $20 super chat. Uh, the pros and cons compared to actual gear. Well, you have to look at it this way. Uh, all the steroid hormones which were not passed through clinical trials or not investigated after they were designed. Uh, those are pro-hormones. So that's uh, basically, the, the, are you old enough to remember twins? You remember Arnold Schwarzenegger and Danny DeVito together, right? You had the prime specimen of all the good genetic makeup being Arnold Schwarzenegger, clearly on the sauce, and they had Danny DeVito. That's all the leftovers, right? That's how twins, the movie was designed. Guess what? Danny DeVito is the pro-hormones. Danny DeVito is the SARMs. Danny DeVito is all of the other experimental compounds that um, are being touted all over the internet with no real tangible results. Arnold Schwarzenegger is the fucking steroids. The steroids that work, the steroids that got FDA approved, the steroids that get you bitches, right? the steroids that give you recognition and all of the muscle mass you could ever dream about. Um, that being said, uh, Superdraw is considered a pro-hormone. 
not technically a pro-hormone, but it was uh, sold as a pro-hormone, right? It, it doesn't metabolize into something else. Um, but that was one, uh, one of those uh, compounds that was rejected in the investigation of Anadrol and Mastrone, uh, but sure as hell fucking works. So all the other real pro-hormones are basically a precursor to what is active in the body, right? So androstenediol, blah, 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 something like that, right? That converts into androstenedione. Um, and uh, testosterone is a pro-hormone for estradiol and dihydrotestosterone. That's how you have to look into it. A pro-hormone is something that metabolizes into something that's biologically active. Um, so the, the pros is that uh, you can buy it, uh, or you used to be able to buy it OTC, just like SARMs. And, uh, and the cons is that the milligram for milligram, there might potentiate more negative effects uh, compared to the milligram dose of steroids that give you more results. So if you have 10 milligrams of, uh, let's say, Anavar versus 10 milligrams of a pro-hormone, then on Anavar you get more results with better blood work results. And on this uh, pro-hormone XYZ, you get worse blood work results and less results. Right? And it uh, might be easier to source and cheaper, but if you get worse blood work, then what's the fucking point? Then you need to spend more money on ancillaries. All right, I hope that gets you your $20. <laughs> All right? I fill in the time for your 20 bucks. Uh, fragrance Man. Uh, also on 200 milligrams testosterone added a pharma a grade Anavar 50 milligrams any every day. Jesus fucking Christ, dude. Bro, just reduce that to half. That's <laughs> it's too much. Stop it. Send it to me. I'll take care of it for you. I'll stock it up until my wife is pregnant, and then I'll run I'll run half that dose for a year straight. Uh, struggling to eat 2,500 calories. Well, there's your. There's your um, there's your problem. I'm feeling tired uh, at the end of the day. Should I add in hypermeral? No, 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 you motherfucker. Um, uh, remove the fragrance, which has, um, what is it? Uh, androgen disruptors. <laughs> Mr. Fragrance Man. Remove the fragrances, which have androgen disruptors, and reduce the antifar to 25 milligrams per day. I'm sure your appetite will come up, and you'll feel less lethargic at the end of the day. Uh, and then when you resolve those issues, then you can look into Ipermorelin and watch that how to optimize your growth hormone secretagogue uh, protocol video first. So you know how to maximize every little micrograms of Ipermorelin regarding growth hormone secretion, because I will um, put it all out there. Um, and hopefully by that time you'll feel less lethargic, because guess what? When your growth hormone levels go up, you will feel lethargic again. Yeah. Are there any drugs that increase uh, in-gym aggression and provide a bit more resilience to pain and effort? Um, I don't know, anything by DMX? All right, you put some DMX on. Fuck yeah, dude. R rough riders, let's go. <laughs> uh, drug, I mean, aggression in the gym, it, it's usually sympathetic drive, and in steroids, increase sympathetic drive. So uh, testosterone will do that. Trembolone will certainly do that. Superdrol will do that. Anivore will do that. Halotestin will certainly do that. Um, of course, you want to go with the most sustainable route. So, I mean, TRT, 50 milligrams of trend, ACE per week, right? All microdosed and then, and then uh, increase dopamine, which will increase uh, norepinephrine and epinephrine levels, which will increase sympathetic drive. Right, so you take um, 
L-tyrosine, maybe 1,000 milligrams, 1,500 milligrams before the workout, which uh, raises dopamine, then norepinephrine, then uh, epinephrine. And that should give you enough gym aggression. Yeah. Yeah, or ask somebody to slap you in the face, you know? Or, or, or get somebody in the gym to be your gym enemy. <laughs> I hate this motherfucker for no apparent reason, right? This guy's never met you, but you hate this guy and you see his presence and you just want to train harder. I mean, some people fantasize about that also. All right, did the chat freeze? Or are we out of questions? Guys, post something so I know that the chat didn't freeze. Ah, okay. Poggers. Yeah, you. so you did a super chat, but I didn't see your message after that. So let me scroll up. All right, here's your uh, two pounds. But I don't see your message. Oh, here it is. All right. Uh, hey, Steve. I used Anivar as a Kickstarter around five months ago. Used it for four days and had to drop it. I got depression from it, and it wasn't. Uh, and it hasn't gone away. Any ideas what caused this? Everything before was fine. Uh, use it for four days. I know it could be the anabol, but the methyl estradiol is already metabolized. So if it persists for five months, I would advise you to watch uh, the Optimized Entrepreneur Nootropic Deep Dive video series and just solely look for the compounds that I recommend there that improve moods. Right? The Optimized Entrepreneur Nootropic Deep Dive video series is not simply about uh, productivity, but also enhancing your moods. Because I noticed for myself that if my mood is good, I'm way more productive. So that's what I wanted to give to you guys. So um, let me link all of those. That's four videos, right? Entrepreneur. Because I, I, I don't think it's related to the anivore that you took. You might think it is. But I don't. I doubt it is, because everything that was in the anavar, even if it was the anabol, has already been metabolized. Uh, uh, what is this? Tropics. If you on YouTube, uh, let's see. All right, man. I gotta fucking link five hundred videos. Anyway, it's two hours long, so you got some homework to do, buddy. <laughs> uh, I'm probably not linking them in sequence, but uh, that's too fucking bad. I'll fix that after we're done with the live stream. This one and this one I already copied. All right. Save. Give those a watch. Thoughts mm -mm -mm. on getting depressed when taking ashwagandha. Overrated. I, I don't want to hear anything about anhedonia anymore. <laughs> really. Oh, this gives me anhedonia. This gives me anhedonia. This gives me anhedonia. Guys. Guys. I don't know what you guys are doing with your body. But anyway, it, it could be possible. 
Man, there's always this token guy out there that doesn't take care of their health and get anhedonia from something, from lion's mane or ashwagandha root extract or BPC-157 or, or by looking in the mirror, you know? Is it possible? Yes. Is it likely? No. Unless you fuck yourself up and you take, uh, what is his name? Uh, Ryan. Ryan Russo is an example. I mean, that guy was unhealthy as fuck and then he blames the lion's mane when in reality it's just his lifestyle. You know, and then he blames everybody else from, you know, instead of himself for fucking up. So, oh, well, Darwinism. Uh, all right. Looking forward to your question. My question is above COVID question. Um, well, if you want to get me canceled. I go to a doctor. Go to a doctor, dude. That's what doctors are for. Please. Zigzag. Oi, send me a super chat also. Where is it? What is the question here? Or you just wanted to bring it to my awareness? Azala Prague. Right, I have to Google again. Apolin receptor agonist. Oh, as a as a myosatin inhibitor. I mean, there's a boatload of these, dude. There's a boatload of these, but they're not available anywhere. So, it's it's kind of oh, that's the BGE one zero five, right? That's the one that Dante Trudell talked about. Yeah, I did a little bit of research on that. It's my phone here. Fuck it, I don't have my phone. So I researched this. Um, it's only available on a couple of websites where it's super super expensive. Again, just like uh, ACE zero three one and ACE zero eight three. It looks promising, but what's the fucking point if it's either highly expensive or not available? So um, if it becomes available and if it's affordable and people have an interest for it, which usually every time I bring something new to the fitness industry, people have no interest no interest in it because nobody heard about it, um, then I might make a video about it. But it's it's for now, it's just romanticizing something that you will probably never get your hands on. So, I hope that answers it. Uh, biohacking through college. Steve, I wanted to know if I can use finasteride only on cycle to prevent hair loss. Or if you ran cycle off while TRT. If you cycle off. Can you rephrase this? <laughs> what the fuck do you mean, dude? Or off completely? What you mean, running finasteride on or off cycle? Um, yeah, you can, but you might experience severe side effects. So please do your research diligently because um, you know finasteride might have a, a, a severe negative effect on your libido or your cognition. Same with dutasteride. So uh, I have a video about post finasteride syndrome. So before you consider finasteride, uh, I'll give that video a watch. Or is that post finasteride syndrome? There you go. Give this video a watch. Can you cycle off while on TRT or off completely? I mean, once you start finasteride, you probably have to keep taking it because you're not exploring other methods to prevent hair loss from going on. Right? Look into ketoconazole shampoo, look into minoxidil shampoo, look into topical detasteride. I think those are all more valuable, va 
viable options, more sustainable options than oral finasteride. And again, if you get a good result from that and you want to try finasteride, uh, go right ahead. But I would explore other options first. Rinsec, timeout, fuck off. Iron Grid, I'm counting on you, dude. <laughs> Come on, get to work. Ubiquinol for grappling. I mean, Ubiquinol can be used in any context for any sports. Um, I think it's one of those magic over-the-counter supplements that is unfortunately pricey. But dude, look for Ubiquinol uh, scientific publications uh, regarding endurance and stamina and performance. I mean, it, it, it's well-documented. It's well-documented. That's why I brought it to you guys, because all you guys uh, care about is pre-workout androgens. Uh, when in reality, you can also take some fucking Ubiquinol and get a performance boost that way. Uh, benefits of injectable carnosine. I know oral forms uh, will help with uh, glycination, but not sure if we use intramuscular. So if you use uh, injectable L-carnosine, um, it, it will help with the lactic acid buffer, but you can also take beta adenine for that. Um, so so maybe, maybe you do a month on uh, beta adenine, see how it works, then switch to injectable carnosine, see if that works better. Uh, but I don't think it is much practical applications for bodybuilders unless it's carnosine alongside some of the other amino acids i mean i'll link the amino asylum videos where uh amino asylum the injectable pre-workouts pre-workouts of course i have like 100 videos that start with injectable nice work what was it the monster Pump blend. Monster mass. I can't remember. It's been a while. If you're on YouTube. Uh, uh, seems like I'm linking video every week now. <laughs> Stay, what do you do during the live stream? I just link videos. <laughs> People don't use the search function, so I do it for them. And get super chatted for it. Great. Uh, so yeah, that, that would be the benefit of injectable carnosine. But I think I've never ran it solo. I think it was always in combination with some of the other amino asylum uh, injectable pre-workouts containing other amino acids or other pre-workout ingredients. So how much of a difference it actually makes, I'm not entirely sure. But But give it a try. Give it a try. Uh, let's say someone goes on one grams of test. Is finasteride realistically going to cause libido and hair loss side effects? I mean, a libido is also related to DHT, so it doesn't matter how much testosterone you take if DHT is missing and, uh, and, and because you take finasteride, your estradiol levels are going up, you're creating a hormonal imbalance. And if you are really dependent on DHT, then it doesn't matter how much fucking test you take or how much Samax you take or how much oxytocin you take, if DHT is the uh, primary ingredient of your uh, libido, let's say, then yeah, finasteride is uh, going to cause your libido, uh, libido issues. Because basically, finasteride, I mean, you bring your DHT levels down to prevent hair loss, and, and a gram of test will still cause hair loss even if DHT levels are zero. So that's why we have to look into topical androgen receptor blockers 
um, to uh, to prevent whatever you're taking from uh, binding to the androgen receptors in your hair follicles and and shrinking them, right? Yeah, it's mass monster. Yeah, so give the one a try, but it has some other ingredients. Uh, best loser wins from Tom Holgert book recommendation. All right, thank you. Thank you. I rarely read books, though. Uh, 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 where are we? Uh, Proviron. That's the only oral you can run uh, and, and load those arms to the point you don't get uh, suppression, but it's like 0 0.1 milligram. <laughs> so it doesn't give you any anabolism. The only oral you can really uh, run uh, without suppression, and again, it doesn't happen in all individuals, 6.25 milligrams Proviron. I've recommended that to a lot of naturals with uh, increasingly high SSBG levels to free up their testosterone to improve their libido. I can't say that any of them got noticeable performance benefits, uh, but that's the only oral steroid you would be able to um, run safely. Uh, yeah, if you're scared for injecting, then then maybe this is the wrong YouTube channel for you. You know, the most most uh, most. I mean, I, I was gonna say like uh, you know, all men are willing to inject, but we have uh, Alexandra Carrera here, who's also not afraid to pin. So, dude, if if she's well, I mean, look at her. Get a man the fuck up, bro. <laughs> She's got more balls than you do. <laughs> uh, let's see. Are you guys are chatting amongst yourself? What's your opinion on research chemical cycles? I don't know. I have a video about that too. Go watch it. Oh, it's a, it's a trading book? All right, I will look into it then. Let me bookmark that real, real quick. But if it tells me uh, to, to buy it uh, or to get out at certain Fibonacci levels, then uh, I want my money back. <laughs> Best loser wins. All right, I bookmarked it. Tom Hoogert. I think I've heard that name somewhere. 4.8. All right. Bestseller. All right. Awesome. Done. 20 bucks for a Kindle. I wish I had a Kindle. All right. Paperback it is. Or I can Google this uh, text with a PDF behind it, but, you know, just like everybody does with my ebooks. Fucking assholes. Uh, to all the people asking uh, questions that Steve has Anderson this video, get a YouTube premium membership and listen to all his videos while you do fasted cardio walks between meals. Carlos, it's too much effort, dude. It's too much effort. I mean, look at the, I made three videos last week that I already made and people still watch it. So 
you know i'll take the super chats i'll make the videos again and i'll get new subscribers and i'll get ad revenue uh, i don't fucking care anymore man <laughs> instead of spending hours of research i'll just go through my notes of previous videos and just sit there saying the exact same fucking thing um and and grow my channel at this point i don't care man whatever works a woman with bigger balls than a man. Come on, I'm natty and still inject stampede and shit like carnitine. Man up, people. Yeah, exactly. So, what the hell's going on? You want to hop on hormones but not deal with the side effects? What are you doing? Well, I mean, nothing is side effect free. Even life is side has side effects. Yeah, death, taxes. The last one you can, uh, you know, avoid. To a certain extent and only pay transaction fees uh but yeah life has side effects not heartbreak that kind of shit you know for stabbing you in the back it's all part of life dude and and and, and drugs are uh, the same that all comes with side effects uh 250 milligrams testosterone 500 deca three i use a growth hormone for four months decent cycle um i'm not looking to be a mass monster dude it's 750 milligrams of steroids you should be a mass monster unless you don't know how to train and eat I'm 180 lean 5.9, current TRT is 140 milligrams. Uh, I just recorded a video about step-by-step -step cycle design. I would not do a cycle of this unless you have a boatload of aromatized uh, uh, inhibitors in place. Um, I would do 500, I would do 700 tests, 100 milligrams DECA, and six I, one, two, three, three, th yeah, three I use growth hormone, maybe four for four months, but I would do it in an incremental fashion. You know, you do TRT first, uh, right now, and then you bump up to 250 tests and, and, and 100 milligrams of DECA, and then 500 tests, and maybe 100 or 200 milligrams of DECA, right, with an aromatized inhibitor in place, obviously, and then maybe bump it up to uh, more. You know, you can do it step by step. I already recorded that video. It might take a couple of weeks for uh, that to come out, but, you know, on 750 milligrams steroids, you should be a fucking mass monster, dude. I'll, really? You, I, I was 120 kilos and 500 milligrams of test. <laughs> so it's the fuck, man. Aaron was like 300 pounds on, on 750 milligrams of test. <laughs> 140 kilos or 135 kilos this guy was on, on like 700 milligrams. Dude, I don't want to be a mass monster. Then stick with TRT. What's going on? <laughs> I'm only going to run a gram of trend. I don't want to be a mess monster. <laughs> uh. Yeah, I get side effects from advice from random dudes on the internet. Yeah. Now I'm getting sleepy today. The pollution has been really bad in Thailand. I feel sleepy all fucking day. It sucks. Let's see. What is the PPMA... Uh... PP, not Pornhub. Why? Why is? Why is it? I type in P and I get Pornhub recommended. Well, I don't think I typed that in on this laptop. Maybe when I was in America. Maybe that. Yeah, I might have to roll that back. Okay, where's the editing button? Uh, P uh, particles per million Bangkok. Let's see. What is this? Bangkok air pollution. 125. Damn, no wonder I feel terrible. 
Mm. Oh, here we go. That's just bullshit. Come on, dude. Sure, Aaron was 300 pounds, 700 milligrams, but that's not what's going on. That's not what got him there. Yeah, yes, it does. Yes, it does, you fucking little loser. <laughs> you didn't know fuck anything about bodybuilding, clearly. He took higher dosages while he was cutting, but he never got up to 300 pounds when he was cutting. He got up to 300 pounds while he was in the off-season off eating a boatload of food. It surprises me how little some people know about bodybuilding, really. Oh, he's taking a bottle of steroids. No, motherfucker, he's consistent. Consistent. That's what everybody in this fucking industry lacks. Making excuses, changing cycles, doing this protocol, doing that protocol, experimenting. This is the reasons why you're small as fuck. All right? You want to call out bullshit? Go out, uh, go fuck, follow Tony Huge or Ryan Russo. Fucking hell, dude. <laughs> fucking hell. All right, let's answer some intelligent questions. I, I even saw it like uh, I did a collaboration with Joffrey Verti Schofield, right? And then everybody calls him a fake natty. I mean, it, it, it goes to show how little people know. <laughs> it, re it really surprises me, dude. Fuck. Really? All right, where are we? Mm -mm -mm. Let's answer some fun questions. Mm -mm. Man, so many questions I already answered. <laughs> so many times over. Really? All right, guys, ask me something new in the in the chat so I don't have to scroll all the way up. Let's go down. Oh, what is this? Iron Grid. Oh, new function. Nice. Asked uh, something at start of a stream. Derek talked about a kid with lipodystrophy, then talked about leptin. Do you think that leptin could actually have a use in bodybuilder? I actually looked into this because, of course, leptin levels kind of regulate how much fat you lose from adipose tissue. This was the kid without leptin, right? So he didn't lose any fat. Um, I can't remember what this, this video was about. It's been a while since Derek made a video, <laughs> if that. Um, so I looked into leptin and see if you could inject that. But apparently you need to inject boatloads of leptin and it's not readily available. So I don't think, I don't think that's a, a suitable option. You know, the only real way to increase leptin levels, of course, is by increasing your body fat levels. And you would be able to fool your body fat into releasing more body fat by injecting leptin. Uh, but the quantities and the price and the availability is just doesn't make it feasible. So it might have some practical application. He ate 10,000 calories a day, but didn't gain any weight. Holy shit. Yeah. 
yeah, I mean, this is one of those unique cases. Uh, but I don't think that that's, uh, you know, very practical for, for most people out there. Let's, let's see, Sigma Aldrich. What is the price for leptin? I love Sigma Aldrich. They even sell cocaine. <laughs> but only for research purposes. Leptin. Human leptin. Okay, cast number... Uh, products 97% pure one milligram is 450 Singapore dollars I could have it by February 19th but I think you need to inject like 200 milligrams at a time so this is just as unrealistic as uh, as ACE031 or ACE083 or, or some of these new um, Apollin uh, uh, drugs What the hell is going on with my stream yard? Do you guys see that? Hmm. Uh, Steve Gregg. Let's see. Where is your question? Yeah, the camera is weird. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. I got everything connected. Oh, shit. What the hell? One second, guys. One second. You can still hear me, right? Got to start OBS again. All right, are we back? All right, we're back. <laughs> well, technology. All right, Greg, you had a question. And after that, I'm going to go to the bathroom. Uh, money thing wouldn't let me put it in a queue. It's right below the cash. All right. Uh, where is he? Oh, it's existence trying to make a rebuttal. Oh, we're not going to highlight that. Ha! Uh, I don't see your question, dude. Can you post it again? I don't see your question. Please post it again. La Rue uh, Peter, is there a body fat percentage that would be too high to start a cycle? I would say over 12%. Yeah, because you just get too much aromatization and your blood pressure might go up. Of course, you can mitigate that with aromatized inhibitors and telmosartan, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but I feel the body just works better when you're at a lower body fat state. Insulin sensitivity is better. Cosmetic appearance is better. The potential for water retention and blood pressure and negative side effects is uh, lower. So I would say below 12%, ideally 10%. Yeah. All right, Steve, Craig, I'm waiting for your uh, question. I'm going to go to the bathroom because I got to go real bad. It's been like two hours. So one second, guys.
And we are back. Uh, let me see if I can find that question. I don't I don't see your question. I, I guess it didn't go through. So I only see your super chat. And, uh, and that's about it. Hmm. All right, I'll be waiting for it. Family Farm Limited Liability Company. <laughs> Thank you for your information uh, on one of your last videos. The information on dosing testosterone by age. I'm 62. Not what I want to hear, but it gives me perspective. Yeah, again, you know, I would personally, I would recommend most people just to slowly lower the dose of exogenous testosterone. But it also depends how many years you've been using exogenous testosterone, what else you're doing, how good you can mitigate side effects. Um, but I'm, I'm looking to slowly phase that out to real trt dosages right as i get older but who knows maybe i'll just come off and do hg monotherapy i mean what i do right now is not the end of the world but i would like to have a little bit more performance in the gym than i uh, do right now even though i'm still pretty fucking strong yeah yeah but let's see by the age of 60 t uh 62 that's a lot of wear and tear on my joints <laughs> then i've been bodybuilding for well 45 47 years if i still bodybuild by that time All right, Steve, if you put some um, words in your question that are in the part of the spam filter, then uh, it will obviously not go through. And unfortunately, I have to have a spam filter or a word filter because people are dicks. <laughs> so that's why not all words are approved. Um, so you might want to get creative so I can see your uh, question come through because you uh, donated 10 bucks. So I would like to give you your money back or at least your money's worth. Not back. No refunds. But <laughs> at least would like you to give your advice. But you have to get creative with the wording because I don't think your question is going through. Mm -mm. I see it in the chat three times. So why don't I see it? Really? All right, here we go. I don't see it, buddy. Maybe you see it on your end, but... Hmm. Yeah, it probably is a banned word. So I'm not sure which one, but unfortunately, there's a lot of banned words to the chat. So uh, if, if you think, uh, if you're asking something weird, then uh, reformulate until it goes through. I'll be looking for it, Greg, uh, Steve. <laughs> Steve, Greg. Send me on Instagram. Yeah, let me do you a favor. I'll be uh, I'll be looking at my Instagram messages. But if it's anything offensive, I'm banning you, okay? I'll be looking into my uh, DMs. All right, where are we? 
There are no banned words. Looking for AMT for my wife's test AMT at the moment. Looking for at the moment for my Okay, well, figure it out. Hey coach, I'm running four milliliters per week cycle with injection twice per week, rotating delts and glutes. Is it advised to pin two milliliters into the delts? It's, it, it's advised not to pin anything into the delts because you slowly lose definition. And what I think uh, looks actually uh, really, what looks really, really bad is um, uh, shoulder shots where you, in the back double bicep, you literally have like this tumor on your side delt. Um, it looks horrible. So I would do two CCs in the glutes, left and right per time and, and, and never hit the delts. I mean, look at the Wesley Vissers. He's got beautiful delts because he never hits the delts. He's got a boatload of striations when he's lean. That's how delts should look like. Not what these open or yeah, open bodybuilders have for delts, you know, where they do the back double biceps and their side delt and the rear delt is just pus full with oil. It looks horrible. So John, um, start pitting your glutes. That's the last place people are going to look unless you're into, um, you know, uh, getting, you know, banged from behind. But I don't th think that the other bear would mind too much. So, um, but people, you know, in the gym and in the beach, they will look at your shoulders and like, oh, what the fuck is that? Everybody would know. Looking for the amount for my wife, my wife's test. You mean, here we go. Let's try it in. What would be a nice dosage for a 63-year-old woman in good shape? She's on 8 milligrams testosterone per week right now. Okay, so I think that's good. Uh, the second thing you can look into is DHEA. And it may be Anivar, but I would really do a low dose, 2.5 milligrams. Again, I, I've never coached or recommended anything to women over 55 years old. So 63 is a little bit on the older side of what I have experience with. But if she's on 8 milligrams testosterone per week, uh, I would look into 25 milligrams DHEA and maybe 2.5 milligrams Anivar uh, alongside of that. It's a 1 milligrams test per day. 2.5 milligrams anivar, yeah, 25 milligrams DHEA. I think that's okay. I mean, she's already post-menopause, so you really have to uh, keep track of her serum estradiol levels and, and, and of course, adjust your testosterone or her testosterone dose if the DHEA is raising testosterone and estradiol levels uh, unfavorably, right? So maybe add in the anivar first and then later add in the DHEA and then add in a little bit of growth hormone. Yeah, growth hormone at that age would be sweet. Yeah. yeah, that would be good. So sorry it took so long, um, but at least we got your questions <laughs> answered, right? Good thing. Yeah, growth hormone would be good at that age. Two IUs. And she's clearly not afraid of pinning, so what's another shot per day, right? Robert Potit, how are the women in Phuket, Thailand? Uh, slutty. But not all of them are slutty, but at least the ones that hang on in the beach clubs and the Patong Beach. Those are uh, slutty and uh, you know, might might come at a price depending on how hot you are. <laughs> just just if you go to Patong, right, and you go to some of the nightclubs there or the beach clubs in that area, uh, just keep in mind that all the women who dress up um, um, advertising, 
they will cost you money. And whether that's the, 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 the long con or the short con, the short con is just they give you a price and you have to pay them uh, to sleep with them. Or uh, they maybe play you for a medium con where they you go out to dinner and you pay the bill. Right? It's just same as in the Western world, right? <laughs> so you take them out to dinner three times and then you can have your fun. Uh, and then the long con is that they have seven different boyfriends and they take you around and they give you a wonderful holiday while you're still dishing out all of the bills. And you have like a part-time girlfriend experience and then you go home and then the next guy comes while you still send her money. Um, so I would go for the first option, right? Because then you can go through multiple girls, so you just have to pay for it. Yeah. Um, if you want to have a look, this is if you want to scout ahead. Let's see, what, what is the Instagram page? Uh, let me go to the... Uh, not Patpong, Patong. Patong Beach. Let me go to Google Maps. Open in Maps. All right, what is a nightclub called? I haven't been to Patong in ages. All right, Bangla Road. Illusion, that's the one. Illusion Phuket. Okay. Instagram. You guys can join with me. I'm not going to share my screen, though. You go to Instagram, then we find the... Ill, Ill, uh, what is it? Illusion. I-L-L-U... Illusion Phuket with a Z. And then you have a look there. In the tagged area. Oh, it's not as good as I expected it to be. Damn, that's actually pretty bad. All right, another nightclub. Anyway, just look at nightclubs in the Bangla area and then look at their Instagram and their tagged area and then see what's walking around there. <laughs> That's the best way to scope ahead. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah, that's the way. And, and so what, what are... There's a beach club. Kuda Hotel and Beach Club. Let's have a look at Kuda Hotel on their Instagram page. Kudo Beach Club. That's two pages. Ah, that looks a bit better. Yeah. yeah. I think you can uh, start scouting there. All right. So that's how you do it. You go to Google Maps, pick out the popular places, and then... Uh, Check their Instagram page for tagged comments so you can see what the women are like or the men are like, you know, or the ladyboys are like, whatever you prefer. Mm. Does Merrick offer growth? Uh, I'm not sure about that. If you have short stature or HIV, maybe. <laughs> I'm really not sure about that. <laughs> but I know you're free to send them an email and they'll probably make you do growth hormone testing. Uh, to see if you're even uh, qualified as a patient, if they even prescribe that. How long until testipionate subcutaneous is fully saturated and you see results? Um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. It could be a couple of weeks, but I'm not entirely sure. 
Army Tech. Uh, hey, Steve, does the timing of TB500 shot matter? I was told in the morning on an empty stomach. What are your thoughts as well? Uh, it doesn't really matter. It just uh, injected every 24 hours. BBC 157 has a relatively short half-life. I can't remember what the half-life of TB500 is. Let me Google that real quick. Uh, also a few minutes. Yeah, so you might want to inject like... Uh, 0.5 milligrams TB500 intramuscularly or at least as close to the site of injury twice per day. So you have one milligram TB500 over the day uh, in combination with BBC 157. Also the same dose uh, injected twice per day. That seems to be the best protocol. Uh, empty stomach doesn't fucking matter. You're injecting it. <laughs> doesn't ma fucking matter. <laughs> so that's what I would do if you have an injury. uh d low i'm pretty sure mark's channel got removed because in the last video talking about fat and skinny people youtube considered hate speech all right i know some other channels have had problems before all right so i hope uh, uh, saying below 10 percent, 12 percent body fat is not uh hate speech regarding skinny and fat people you can't say anything nowadays anymore right? freedom of speech dialed a while ago you got to be really self-censoring and of course they keep changing the youtube um you know uh, guidelines and then you know they change the guidelines and then uh, videos from four years ago get uh, flagged so it's it's a risky business but it's the best business that we have it, this is the best opportunity we have to uh, you know put ourselves out to a larger audience and grow our business so yeah but you can get cancelled for whatever you know but of course if you keep your mouth closed and, and always try to please everybody then you don't please anybody and sometimes you just got to take a firm stance and if that means you piss some people off then you know so be it because everybody otherwise everybody thinks you're a snowflake then you're basically like disney trying to pander to everybody right we pander to the lesbians and we pander to the fat people and we pander to the skinny people and the vegans and the this and the gays and i don't know the, the furries and and then it turns into disney so you can't please everybody dude and, and you might get cancelled in the process you know everybody gets cancelled at one point <laughs> All right, let's ask something not about performance enhancing drugs. I'm getting sleepy and I'm tired of uh, asking, answering PD questions. Ah. Let's do something else. The comedy club. I think I know who you are. But I won't repeat your name. <laughs> hey, Steve. I hope you are well, sir. Uh, when I'm eating very well and low stress, I often feel that I can train every day and almost every day. Is there any reason not to if you feel like you are recovering? Uh, no. No, I think that's fine. You know, I mean, of course, you got to, you know, modulate your training volume and training intensity. So if you train every day for an hour and it's not uh, taking every set to failure, then I'm, I'm not against it. 
Dude, I know plenty of people train every day because they need it for mental health or just an hour per day where they only spend time on themselves because they have a demanding business and wives and kids and pets. And it's just everybody's pulling, you know, like a fucking rope pulling contest. So they go to the gym, they uh, put their music on like I do. And they, they don't talk to anybody else and they go every day, but their training intensity is not that high. So if your nutrition is good, you have low stress and you can manage your recovery, by all means, go for it. Yeah, by all means, go for it. Favorite cheat meal? Uh, I like sushi. Yeah, I like sushi. Yeah, rolls upon rolls upon rolls. Yeah, until the bill comes. And then you're like, oh, oh, that hurts. Especially if I go with my wife because she also loves sushi and she gets rolls upon rolls upon rolls as well. Um, so yeah, once in a while, we eat some sushi. I, I like a good steak also, but that also sets me back a lot. But yeah, sushi is my favorite cheat meal. I know it's very clean, um, but I like clean food. It digests good, makes me feel good. Uh, Cheesecake Factory is also beautiful, but I can't eat that too often because otherwise I just feel horrible. Uh, I might go to Cheesecake Factory tomorrow though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, baby. Uh, no. No, I saw your chat come by and it's drug questions and I'm uh, I'm tired of that. So we'll uh we'll answer that next week. Uh top three delt exercises. Uh lateral raises, front raises with the easy bar, and um uh, dumbbell shoulder press. Yeah, it's very boring, but th those are the ones I like. Free weights. I really like free weights for delts. Man, I remember those good old days where I was uh, shoulder pressing the 40 kilo dumbbells. And those days are over. And 20 kilo laterals. <laughs> 50 kilo front raises. Oh, man. Yeah, good times. Uh, what price did you get in Bitcoin at? Uh, the first time in 2015? Oh, was it $2,000 or something? Yeah, I just sold. I sold at the Fibonacci level, which I told everybody to do. And then I got back in at, what was it, 41,800. And then I was looking at the volume and the trend. And then I decided to sell uh, close to uh, 42,000 or something. So I made a little bit of a profit. And now I'm just waiting. Now I'm just waiting for, for the RSI to come down to 25. Where are we now? 41,600. Yeah, maybe it'll go up again. Maybe it was a mistake to sell. I thought we we're going to have another push to uh, like 50% of the previous move. Where was that? Oh, jeez, that's the wrong one. Give me a Fibonacci retracement. I figured on the previous move, it would come up to like uh, 45,200. And then I would sell, but it, it didn't go pa uh, didn't go past... The first Fibonacci level, zero, two, three, six. So then when it broke trend, I was like, fuck it, I'm out. <laughs> fuck you guys. I'll see you guys when it drops. So let's see. D uh, DXY is going up, or at least it's stuck at the, what is it, 50, 50 week moving or 200 week moving average or 200, 200 day moving average. Anyway, I'm not a master trader, but I've been doing quite well. Okay, so far.
Thompson Ellie Lily stocks. Yeah, those are good. I haven't checked in a while though. I have Ellie Lily stocks in Nova Nordisk and the Bayer, but I don't regularly check it because those are like long holds. Where are we now? Year to date, 600 to a little bit of retracement, but that's to be expected. Uh, as long as it doesn't break. No, it was almost a 200% gains. Hell yeah. How's Pfizer doing? I sold those in December of 2000. Yeah, fuck those guys. <laughs> fuck Pfizer. No more genotropin and aromacin for me. I remember when Bitcoin was $8. I lost that big. Yeah, but never, nobody would have known how much it would be, you know? Why, why Fibonacci over others? I mean, it's just the easiest way to check retracements. And of course, there's other indicators like the 21-week the moving average and the 21 exponential moving average uh, that's on a weekly basis or, or the 50-day, the 100-day, the 200-day, right? And then you can trade on the 4-hour chart or, or the 12-hour chart if you want. But Fibonacci is just it usually plays out. You know, you retrace, you see, okay, you have a couple of Fibonacci levels. I mean, it just got rejected on the one six one eight on the zero six one eight so that was my exit so now i'm, I'm looking for retracement ideally to uh to the 20 week 21 week moving average so that would be about thirty four thousand thirty six hundred at uh, the thirty four thousand thirty six thousand yeah and if we see a wick down to 32 that would be absolutely fantastic and then i'm gonna mortgage my house no no no, no. <laughs> Wouldn't make a difference. Um, but yeah, I I'll be waiting at 32, which I think is very unlikely, but you never say never, right? There might be a liquidation week. But yeah, I'm looking to get about in about 50% at, uh, at 34, between 34 to 36, and then move in uh, around 32, 32, 500. And then I'll let it sit until it's overextended from the bull market support band. But yeah, that's my that's not financial advice, guys. That's just me being self-employed, having hours out of the day to look at the charts in between making videos. Uh, all right, it's the last one, and then we're gonna close it off. No more super chats. Uh, is 750 IGF-1 level significant for growth? Yeah, that's pretty fucking high. That's three times out of the reference range. <laughs> Holy shit, dude, what are you taking? Uh, those are my levels on six. I use a prescribed growth hormone levels before treatment for two or two. Yeah, that's very, very good, dude. That's very, very good. You'll get a lot of systemic growth, obviously. So I would start pinning your uh, growth hormone intramuscularly because you might get some autocrine, uh, yeah, autocrine IGF-1 production locally. And then, of course, the rest of the growth hormone and the IGF-1, which is going to spill out from the muscle that you just injected it into, um, uh, is obviously erasing serum IGF-1 concentrations as well. So I would say that this is a very good level. Uh, so also, it goes to show that uh, your liver health is uh, beautifully intact. I'm fucking jealous. 
on um, on 500 micrograms Incrolex, I have like 400 IGF-1. <laughs> so um, uh, good things will happen to you if you keep this up. Yeah, that's what I would say. All right, guys, let's wrap it up here. Getting a bit tired today. It's been a long day. And uh, yeah, all the questions are a bit repetitive. <laughs> but this was a good super chat. Yeah, this was good. I'm happy to see 750 IGF-1 levels. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Any prostate uh, massage benefits? Uh, so there is a prostate massage, prostate massage Bangkok. Which, what was the name again? Oh yeah, Chakra. Is that the one? Gee, it's actually multiple places. Holy shit, there's one close to my house. I didn't know there was a prostate massage here. <laughs> Anyway, type in prostate massage on Google and you'll find a lot of them. <laughs> Holy shit, there's so many of them. <laughs> I didn't know. Uh, uh, benefits. Uh, well, if you have a prostate inflammation, then uh, it might be a good uh, idea to release some uh, seminal fluid. Yeah, so let's close it off there before we get really ballsy. Uh, guys, enjoy your weekend. Sorry for the technical difficulties, but uh, you never know what's going to happen with the Thai internet and these flimsy cables that are uh, laying around here everywhere. But luckily, you don't have to see that. So, uh, guys, peace out. I'll see you guys next weekend. All right. And uh, make sure you behave yourself and don't go balls in on the prosthetic massages because it might raise your PSA level acutely. Okay. <laughs> see you guys next weekend.